0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. I'm Mike Persuda along with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. We are prepping you and getting you ready for the NFL Draft to the extent that we've gone over not just every position, but now we are in the process of taking a further review at every position, going over every position, not once but twice. The difference, it's a subtle one but significant, First time around, we each gave you our top five candidates for drafting at the positions, cornerback in, in terms of what we're talking about today. And this time around, we're giving you a riser, a faller, and a sleeper. Now, I'm going to go just a little bit out of order on this one because uh, one of the dynamics that has uh, developed as we've done these, one of the characteristics is that Dale and Matt, who are each other's work wife or husband, however you want to <laughs> phrase that, they, they – performed so admirably together on the drive on SNR. They have often come up with the same guy, uh, this time around, whatever the same riser, the same faller, the same sleeper. But this time guys, we, we completed the hat trick. We are, our, our faller is unanimous and oh, uh, wow. he is, uh, Darian. Kendrick he it. Of, Yeah. Of Georgia. Yeah. Man, you you want to lead us off and then we'll all just, uh, give a little uh, insight as to why, oh my God, this guy played defense for the national champs and he's falling. How can this be? Yeah, he's, he's won a lot of football games. Uh, He's been an integral part for a couple
1: teams, but he has some off the field things, you know, that were a worry before all this process. Uh, I think playing on that awesome Georgia defense gives you some leeway too. It makes life a little easier when the pass rush is getting home like that, but you know, he didn't work out at the combine. And ran a 4.75 in the 40, and his jumps were also pretty poor. Yes, his 10-yard split
2: was really slow, too. I mean, it it just was not a good workout for him at all. And as as Matt mentioned, that off-the-field stuff, uh, I mean, he got kicked out of Clemson, uh, asked to leave Clemson, and ended up at Georgia. Talk about going, like, how does that happen? Like, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to leave this national championship program to go to this one. Uh, You know, so good for him but those times that that workout did not help him at all and and uh he might have to move to safety.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, he was a wide receiver at Clemson initially. Caught I think 15 yeah, yeah. passes yeah. for their for their national championship team in 2018. He eventually got uh kicked out and the head coach Dabo Swinney says he loves him and you know, it's just it's just something that happened. He doesn't hold it against the kid. Uh Kirby Smart raved about him. Uh, particularly after Georgia thumped Michigan, he was the MVP <laughs> of the orange bowl, the national championship semifinal couple of interceptions, but uh, you mentioned those times. And you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot during these shows is that it, being great is not as great as it usually is. Cause there's so many freaks out there that have gone so far past what our normal standard is for being really impressed this is not the year to be going the other way, particularly off the field. There's just too many people available that don't have bad times and don't have a relatively checkered past.
2: Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Too many strikes against him. You know, he, he needed he needed to run well to kind of alleviate some of those issues for the off-the-field stuff, and it just didn't happen.
0: Dale, let's uh, stick with you. We'll do uh rise or second. Usually we lead off with that, but uh, we'll, we'll take that uh, second uh, this time around. Who you got?
2: I got Tariq Woolen of Texas San Antonio, and, and uh, this was a guy, again, who caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. Uh, they were putting out a, uh, a spreadsheet every day down there that they'd send out to the media of who were the fastest guys uh, during the, the practices. They had the trackers on them, and he ran like 23 miles an hour. It uh, mm-hmm. was a late, was a late uh, addition to the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, okay, i got to start watching this guy. So I watched him the next couple of practices. And I'm like, wow, is he big? I didn't know how big six, four, two Oh five. And he ran a four two six forty at the, at the NFL scouting combine. He had a 42 inch vertical. You want to talk freaky athletes? This guy might be the freakiest athlete in this entire draft. Um, now he's going to be raw. Um, you know, UTSA is not a big time program, but man, you could take this guy in the, in the, you know, in that day two and, and mold him a little bit. And you're going to have something there because six, four, two Oh five to be that fast shouldn't be humanly possible. And they have a lot of those
1: guys that are, they're really long striders or really high cut, like sprinters, you know, like a Usain Bolt, but he can change direction and drop his yeah. hips. There's a lot to work with there.
0: Yeah. I like that. You know, I, I wasn't going to overthink him. Six, four, two Oh five, 4.26. I had him number five when we did the top five. Now, I think that was way higher than most people initially assessed this stuff, which is why I had uh, relatively low-hanging fruit for my riser. I went with uh, Roger McCreary of Auburn, who's a really good player, just missed cracking my top five. But uh, he, he he's just uh, checking the boxes, as a lot of them are, just maybe not in an unprecedented fashion. But uh really good football player. Uh, got his uh, 40 down to 446 at the Auburn Pro day uh the only thing I don't like about him is everybody keeps talking about this story how he chows baked beans with sugar that's his <laughs> that's his favorite meal and Back. uh I don't know if I want to be around him while he's eating it I don't know if I want to be around him after he's eating it yeah, is
2: he is he sitting around the campfire uh you know like a blazing <laughs> saddle style right no know. <laughs> secret weapon on the field
0: <laughs> but he, he he does not lack confidence and coming out of the SEC why would he because there have been uh, many, many, many receivers coming out of the SEC last couple of years. He's seen them all.
2: Yeah, good football player. Um, Yeah, yeah, in in this draft, if you didn't run a sub-4-4 at the cornerback position, nobody's going to talk
0: about you. Matt, uh, you went up to uh, Happy Valley for your riser.
1: Yeah, I almost went with Jalen Armar Davis from Alabama. You like the hyphenated guys. Yeah, as I say, but I went with another guy, a young man with uh, three names here and Tariq Castro Fields from Penn State. Um, I think he has some technique work to do. I think he's going to you know, need a little bit of time. But boy, he has traits. I mean, he's 6'2", almost 200 pounds long, like he's built in a lab to play press man coverage. He's also flexible. He could go up and play the ball, high point it. And he ran a four three eight forty in Indy. So uh, I'll take my chances on developing him.
0: Matt, this is becoming more of a thing, is it not? We're getting away from this guy had 18 sacks, and we're getting more toward projecting mm-hmm. what a guy with this height and this weight that runs an x XX 40-yard x dash. We're, we're getting more toward that part of it than we are the proven production, are we not?
1: I, I think so. I mean – Um, especially this time of year. And I think that at times that's when mistakes are made too. You forget what you watched on tape, you know, and you you just kind of, uh, what have you done for me lately process at at times. And I think there's some mistakes made that way, but I also think analytics has something to do with it, that if I see all these measurables and I've got 10 years of data to look at, boy, my hit rate's pretty good. I'm going to stay in that lane, you know? Matt, yeah, uh, it
2: really works out well when, when both things mesh when you yeah, have right, production right, right, right. and and that but that, that's a, oh that's a why he had
0: 18 sacks got it because he's big well, you, you, control, and you look yeah. at it
2: the yeah. other way I mean why didn't he have any sacks why didn't he have any production because he has all these athletic traits so it goes both ways
0: stay with you Dale uh, interesting sleeper you came up with. Yeah, I'm going to stay at the small school, guys, uh, kind of like I did
2: with uh, UTSA. I'm going to Sam Houston State for my sleeper cornerback. It's Zion McCollum. Uh, again, another good-sized cornerback, 6'2", 199. He ran a 4'3", 340 at the combine with a 39-inch vertical and then at a 3'9", twenty yard shuttle. Um, this is a guy who not only has those intangibles, the, the athleticism, he had 13 interceptions in college
0: as well. I mean, so he's so the, actually got production as well as measurables.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, but it's again, it's a small school. He originally yeah. signed with Utah coming out of uh coming out of college or out of high school in in, in uh, Texas. Uh, he has a twin brother. The twin brother and he decided they wanted to stay closer to home. They're both I guess they lined up at safety in high school. They were the two starting safeties and they're they're identical twin brothers. Go figure that out. Uh, you know, trying to figure out that if you're a quarterback. So You know, they they ended up going to Sam Houston State. And, uh, again, it was a five-year player there, which you're going to see a lot of those guys in this year's draft. Uh, But 13 interceptions in five seasons, that's good. That's pretty good ball skills for me.
0: Matt, you're keeping it in the uh, Lone Star State. Tell us about Marcus Jones from Houston.
1: He is 5'8", exactly. I mean, he's not 5'8 and a quarter. Uh, He doesn't have long arms. He has small hands. He's only a slot corner. And we can, you know, discuss, you know, what's a a true slot worth in today's NFL. But everything else I'm about to say about him is awesome. I I love this player. He is unbelievably twitchy. He has great feet. He is, you know, designed to deal with the Edelmans and the Welker types out of the slot. He is tough. He has great ball skills. Um, He's a valuable contributor on defense, but only in that role. But this is what I love about him. He's the best returner in the entire class. I mean, he has nine career return touchdowns and also will run down on punts and kickoffs as a gunner. You know, he'll stick his face in the fire. Maybe his new team even hands him the football or gets him on offense. I mean, this guy's a great football player. And I truly believe if he were six foot, he might be a top 10 pick.
2: If he were 5'10", he might be. Right, right, right. He just he just isn't. That's the only he problem. Isn't, right. Yeah. And he never will be.
0: My sleeper is Alante Taylor of Tennessee, a guy who uh at the start of the process, people were wondering, is he a corner or is he a safety? Well, he ran really well at uh, Tennessee's Pro Day. Uh well, actually in Indianapolis as well. Um six foot, 199 pounds, and one of his biggest backers throughout this offseason process has been Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the Senior Bowl. He's seen a lot of these guys come and go. He says that uh, Taylor, Nagy says Taylor is inarguably the most innately physical corner available. Now, hmm. I don't know if he's that, but he's physical, and he can <laughs> run it. So, again, don't have to to go too, too far. Once you get into uh, the portion of the draft where the sleepers are, are being heard from, uh, all the more reason to go with the measurables. And and the you know projections as opposed to the production. Not that he's a bad player at Tennessee by any stretch of the imagination. But I think as this process has continued, he's shown people he is a corner and he might be a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, that's a nice sleeper there. I, I think it is if Nagy is his biggest supporter, Ramon Foster might be his second biggest supporter. Because, well, anybody who went to Tennessee, that's you know automatically. The way that goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget the one year Ramon showed up to camp and he had the T the Tennessee logo wheel covers. And
1: yeah. then he got he got out He's
0: of got his the car, slipper, He got he the slipper slippers on. Yeah. I, good for you, Ramon. You know what? Never, never forget your roots. That's yeah. right. That's oh, right. No. Yeah. Forever. That's going to do it for uh cornerbacks. Probably not a moment too soon. I was about ready to start singing the sport and fight song. I was getting so <laughs> fired up. Uh, you can get all this stuff on all the Steelers social media platforms. Uh, thank you for finding us. We, we appreciate it. If you've been with us all along, we really appreciate it. If you're new to the show. Well, we're happy about that as well. We're going to keep doing it uh, right up until draft night. Uh, Late April, uh, the first round on a Thursday night, then rounds two and three on a Friday, and then it finishes up on Saturday. And uh, if if you're not prepared as you need to be by then, it's because, well, you just haven't been paying close enough attention. That's going to do it for us. For Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley, I'm Mike Persuda. This has been still another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC.